Lord, I pray now that your word will fall like rain and that um, your teaching, your truth will distill like dew upon the tender plants, our hearts. Move in our lives, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, I want to talk to you about a very simple but powerful truth. It's a real key right through the Bible, and um, that is awaken your gratitude. I love that phrase. I read it in an old book written in the 1600s. Can you believe it? Just think for an author, imagine if my books were being read in 400 years' time. (laughs) Man alive. But um, he writes to a woman talking about the faith and how what things she needs to do in her life. One of them is awaken your gratitude. So I love that. Um, I was brought up in Papua New Guinea. You can put that first slide up, Jonathan. There's my home. This is the house that we lived in. And my mother is standing just by the water tank there. Uh, If you flick to the next one, there we are. There she is, my mum, always with a hibiscus flower or some flower in her hair or on her dress. Well, while I'm the one with the kitten, by the way, uh, while we were living in Papua, one day Penny and a friend and I were playing outside And all of a sudden, uh, we were up at the other missionary's house. We heard a terrible screaming. It made my skin crawl, you know. Um, We went running inside, and I'll never forget uh, the sight of my mother rolling on the ground on fire. Her legs and her dress were on fire. The other missionary wife was trying to roll her in a rug, and my mother was um, screaming, and we were just sort of rooted to the spot, you know. And finally, the other missionary came in, and he told us to get water, and they put out the fire. Uh, I'll never forget, um, it was traumatic as a child. And my father and my brother were away at the time, so mum, it was mum's first night there. We'd, and she was, the missionary was teaching her how to light the tilly lanterns. And by mistake, she'd put the lighted um, thing into a thing of mess that had exploded and she'd sort of thrown it at mum. Anyway, so the first night that dad wasn't there and mum went and got some attention at a um, little medical place. And that night, she asked Penny and I to come and sleep with her because she felt alone, she was in pain. And I'll never forget lying very still in bed. And mum said, what we're going to do is we're going to go around in circles and we're going to give thanks to God for all his blessings one at a time. And then we're going to pray for different people until we fall asleep. I'll never forget that. My first lesson in awakening your gratitude, maybe not my first, but it was powerful. Now, my mother, many of you knew her. She lived a life of intentional gratitude, of thanksgiving. She, I'm reading through her old diaries at the moment. Every day starts with something like this. Dear Abba, she called Father Abba. Dear Abba, it's a beautiful morning. Thank you. I can hear the birds singing, something like that. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the sunshine. Always. It's, she just overflowed with gratitude. 
was beautiful. And, you know, um, recently I read a, a, an article, a, a, an entry in her diary. And in it, she just writes about the deep hurt that she had in her life. Her deep hurt was that her father abandoned the family when she was very little. Um, her brother died of a um, brain I'm not quite sure what it was. I always thought growing up he'd eaten a mud pie. <laughs> and I know he had eaten a mud pie, but that wasn't why he died. But uh, he must have had some brain hemorrhage or something. So there's my grandmother, abandoned by her husband, lost her son, who was my mother's older brother, and he, she just adored him. So she had hurt in her life. She used, she, one time her father said he was going to come back to the family. She was six, I think. She went to school and told all her friends that her father was going to pick her up from school that day. And she waited and waited and he never came. So she had hurt in her life, deep hurt. And it um, kept, I won't say it kept rising up, but you know, she wept when she saw Chris playing with our children. And she longed for the father that she'd never known. But in this entry, she said, but Lord, I give you thanks that you have been my father. All my life, you have never let me down, never betrayed me. Isn't that wonderful? And then she wrote, I thank you for my mother who cared for me, even in her pain and loneliness, who loved me. And worked so hard to support me. She just overflowed with thanksgiving. Intentionally. She awakened it. And it was, uh, it's just so powerful. If you put up the next slide, um, Jonathan, here's um, some verses. Oh, they've all come up at once. But Colossians 2. Oh, I haven't got my glasses on there. I'll have to find it in my Bible. And that's a good thing. Colossians 2. Uh, six to seven, powerful verses. Um, continue, just as you have received Christ as your Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Ask yourself, folks, today, is my life overflowing with thankfulness? Because this is a key, Big key in our lives. Okay, and Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Um, speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We've been doing that this morning. Thank you, Isaac. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. This is not just for Isaac and Katie and Jess. This is for all of us. Sing, make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? And First Thessalonians, turn to it. First Thessalonians 5, 12 to 16. You're reading it before me. I'm going to go to, yeah, 16. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Because this is God's will for us. That's it. Written down there. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. 
this is amazing. This is God's will. Do you know, three decades ago, a man called Martin Seligman launched the field of positive psychology. <laughs> and here they began the scientific study of emotions such as gratitude, optimism, forgiveness, happiness, compassion, and altruism. All biblical things. <laughs> I love it when these people do these huge experiments and come back to the Bible. <laughs> it's all there in the Bible. Do you know, of all the attributes that we can develop, they discovered gratitude is most strongly associated with mental health. Isn't that important? I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Gratitude, so important for our mental well-being, our health. I love that. A cheerful heart? Yeah. Have you taken your medicine this morning? <laughs> yeah, we need it. All right. So flick up the next side. There it is, the benefits of gratitude. Man alive. I'm not going to read them out. But look, <laughs> this is incredible. This is from non-Christians looking at it, okay? This is from them seeing that gratitude does all these things. This is important. Now, it's not just for us giving thanks to our creator, although that's one of the most important things we can do. It's gratitude. Kids, it's saying, thank you, mum, for that delicious dinner you cooked. Serious. And as Millie put, thanks, mum, for the dinner. The gravy was disgusting. All in one breath. <laughs> All in one breath in front of the visitors. <laughs> Oh, mums, don't we love to be thanked? When we, when we make a meal for our family, wives, we need to thank our husbands when they come home after a hard day's work. Thank you, darling, for working to provide for us. <laughs> Keep it up, love. <laughs> so we need to cultivate it. We need to cultivate gratitude. Um, now, I read this in a book that I'm reading, can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but over a decade ago, Carolyn's father died of traumatic injuries, suffered in a car accident. Subsequently, her mother was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. This diagnosis left Carolyn feeling angry, cheated and despairing. Saddled with daily visits to her mother's assisted living facility, Carolyn was forced to witness the gradual disappearance of her mother's once vibrant personality. Layered on top of this loss, Carolyn was no longer able to allocate time to travel or pursue her, pursue her own dreams. Some of us know what that's like. Um, in the face of these lo losses, it was difficult for her to keep in mind that she'd had good, loving parents. Wonderful and accomplished children, a devoted partner, a job she valued, great health, and the, the potential to fulfill many of her dreams in the coming years. Instead, Carolyn was fixated on the limitations and the loss of freedom in becoming her mother's caregiver. This is when life gets tough, and it does for all of us. We're all going to face times like this. 
and we can become fixated on it and forget all the other things. She went for counselling and she was encouraged to start keeping a gratitude journal, to start looking for the good things in her life. She did this. She began her journal and practiced giving thanks for things throughout the day. They became her daily rituals. Note here, folks, Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So she learned it. She found these practices helped her to see the many blessings she did have in her life. When her mother passed away, Carolyn held steady with these rituals as they helped her in the grieving process. Just just a side here, rituals are good. I think the Pentecostals sort of went away from rituals, from the Anglicans, you know. But there are something powerful about rituals, habits, and it's good to do that. Um, Carolyn developed the ability to accept the pain and challenges of life while appreciating its beauty and joy. I loved that. She accepted them, and she still kept appreciating the beauty and joy. That is what my mother did. She learned that, that yes, there'd been pain in her life. Yes, there were things that happened. But I don't think I know anyone, and those of you that know her will probably agree, I don't know anyone in my life that has had such an eye for beauty as my mother did. She saw it everywhere. And do you know why? She trained her eyes to look for it. (laughs) That's the thing. Okay, um, so the power of our thoughts and words and training the brain for gratitude is huge. And this is biblical. Research shows (laughs) that our thoughts have the power to shape our lives, our brains. Philippians 4 You know this, finally, brothers and sisters. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, I love that word. I'm praying for noble men for my daughters. It's one of my daily prayers. Noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Do it. Train yourself to do this. It will transform your life. Seriously. This is such a simple thing, but it's so powerful. Intentional thoughts. Do you know when I was grieving the loss of both of my parents, it was almost like when dad died, I grieved, but we just had to go straight on to caring for mum. When mum died nine months later, the double grief hit me. And it did hit me. And I struggled with different things. I felt like my mooring had been cut loose, you know. It was, yeah, I went through different things. But I remember, I I found I could not watch any sad movies. I didn't want to watch the news and hear about the tragedies. It was like my, my brain was saying, enough, you've got enough to cope with, you know. And in a way, I just did that. I intentionally didn't read sad books, watch sad movies. Um, it was I had to think about positive things. Um, now, a, a couple of weeks ago, Katie and the team, we d- women, we had a worship night. Wasn't it beautiful, those that went here? 
It was fabulous. And I remember just kneeling. I was kneeling down. And I don't know quite how it happened and quite how it started. But I think it might have started with me thanking God for my womb mate, my twin sister. Thanking God for Penny in the womb, that we shared the womb together. And then I said, I started thanking God for my darling mum and my steadfast dad. And then I was thanking him for the way they obeyed and took, uh, followed him to Papua New Guinea, which was just such a fantastic time in my life. Thanking him that they had the courage to go to Papua New Guinea. Do you know, I just went on and on and on right through my life, thanking him for different things. Thank you, God, that you broke my heart with this man. Thank you that you didn't let me marry him. Thank you that... <laughs> yeah, say it, Chris. <laughs> Thank you for each of my beautiful children. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. I went right through my life. I just felt so overflowing with gratitude. And I did the bad and the good. Well, what seems to be the bad and the good? Do you know the bad times, we learn more in them than in the good times. Ah, anyway, um, it was powerful. And I think um, gratitude will help us navigate the hard times. We need to practice it. So very quickly, actually someone said this, Anne Voskamp, I don't know if any of you have read her book, A Thousand Gifts, One Thousand Gifts, something. She said, no one gets to joy as a destination by trying to make everything perfect. It's not about that. We don't just have joy when everything's perfect in our life. No, no, no. And we don't just give thanks when everything's perfect like mum. We give thanks in all things for God's dealing in our lives. Look at these two. They're in the, they're in the prison. They've been beaten, flogged. Their backs would have been throbbing and stinging. They're in chains. Their lives are at risk. On and on it goes. Things are not looking good. <laughs> but this is where, boy, talk about the chains. I hear the chains falling, you know. They sang and they gave thanks to God. And do you know what? The Bible says the prisoners were listening to them. I bet they were. <laughs> I bet they'd never heard that before. Makes me think of the nurse that came to me after my surgery, the, the, the um, anaesthetic nurse. And she said, I've just come to thank you, Rose. She said, I've, in recovery, I've been spat at and bitten and sworn at, but I've never been sung hymns to before. So the whole time I was out and as I was co-recovering, I was singing, great is thy faithfulness. Isn't that cool? I don't remember it. It's on video, but I don't remember it. But that's the song of my heart. And then every now and then, probably when I got a bit tired of singing that, I'd sing, when the dog bites, when the bee stings. <laughs> and there you go. There's a good thing of giving thanks, isn't it? I simply remember a few of my favorite things. Anyway, look, perhaps your husband's lost his job. Perhaps someone you love has died. Perhaps you're struggling in finance, uh, financially. 
Gosh, you, you put your own list. Perhaps you're um, experiencing a deep grief. Perhaps you're having morning sickness. You know, perhaps you've got the grief you can't get pregnant. There's all sorts of things. Give thanks. Give thanks for your other blessings and the fact that the God, the giver of all gifts, is your Father who delights to give you good gifts in his time. So Paul and Silas led the way for us, and it's fantastic. Now, thank him in the hard times for, quickly, the people you're able to reach. There are always other people involved in the equation. God wants to bless and minister us, to bless and minister others. And in our hard times, we have the key. If they see us being grateful, thanking him, um, it's amazing. My friend who came to me at the soccer fair and said, Rose, the cancer's come back. I'm going to hospital on Monday again. And I said, oh, I'll be praying for you. And she said, it's all right. Do you know what? This cancer is my ticket to the mission field. Oh, my goodness. Talk about a... Oh. And she went there and preached the gospel to other people. She had a faith. Whether I live or die, my soul is eternally safe. And she'd share with them. How powerful is that? Now, you, can, you might not want to thank God for sickness, but... Um, it is, can be a powerful thing in our lives when we go through difficult times. Thank him and ask him to see the other people around you in the prison, the other people. Um, I heard a, a psychiatrist on the radio the other day asking what the best, one best piece of advice for people struggling with depression. And do you know what he said? It wasn't get professional help. It wasn't um, take the pills. He said, Get out of your house, cross the road, and find someone lonelier or more depressed than you and be a friend to them. Wow, isn't that amazing? All right, thank him for the things you're learning. Charles Spurgeon said, most of the great truths of God have to be learned by trial and trouble. Darn. <laughs> they must be burned into our hearts by the hot iron of affliction, otherwise we wouldn't truly receive them. All right. Rejoice in the Lord. Have we got that verse up there? I don't know. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Um, I'm jumping ahead. Catch me, uh, Jonathan. Take it to the one. Go to the next one. Yes, look at this. I walked a mile with sorrow. Pleasure. She chatted all the way. She left me none the wiser for all she had to say. Then I walked a mile with sorrow. Never a word, said she. But oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. So if sorrow is walking with you, thank him. Let your heart overflow with gratitude. You're learning things and learn from them. All right. We're going to have to jump. Thank him for the trials. Flick to that. I'm going to go down to how can we give thanks at all times? Because this is God's will. Give thanks in all circumstances. How can we? Number one, recognize God's hand in it. Realize it's not just some random thing. God is at work 
Samuel Rutherford said, both bitter and sweet feed the soul. We don't just want all sweetness. Bitter and sweet feed the soul. Do you remember Corrie and Betsy Ten Boom in the camp? Remember, they were in terrible conditions. We can only just guess at it. And the fleas that kept biting them, terrible. And Betsy said, we've got to thank God for everything. And Corrie said, even the fleas? Yes, Corrie, even the fleas. And so she did. And it was not till later that they found out that the guards never came to their barracks because of the fleas. And because of that, they were able to hold their Bible studies. Everything. Give thanks in everything. Learn to cultivate a, a thankful heart. You learn it. I'm giving Jonathan a run for his money. Oh, he's just going to go. I'm just going to skip through. I'm going to say, uh, gather the Edelweiss of God. Okay. Amy Carmichael said, everywhere you go, there are the little flowers like Edelweiss, hidden in the craggy hills. I've written about it in my book. Um, and he sprinkles it there, but you go looking for it. Train your eyes to see his blessings, no matter how small a flower it is. Um, then write it down. Write them down. Martin Luther said, if you want to change the world, pick up your pen. If you want to change your heart, pick up your pen. Write down the blessings of God. Write down things. It's so important. Lest we forget um, Exodus. The Lord said to Moses, write it on a scroll. as something to be remembered. And make sure that Joshua hears it. We so quickly forget. Now I'm going to ask you a question. There was a hymn that was written that's been described as a beam of sunlight that has brightened up the dark places of the earth. Gypsy Smith, the famous evangelist, said, men sing it, boys whistle it, and mothers sing their babies to sleep with it. What hymn is it? Anybody got a guess? Quickly. No? 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 Put it up. If you can, Jonathan. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Isn't that amazing? It's lit, it's lit up the dark places. I taught it to Joe. Where are you, Joe? Hi, Joe. I taught it to Joe when he was three. I taught him that, and we'd go, count your blessings, name them one by one. And I never forget the night I'd put him to bed and I walked down, I, I was in the kitchen and I heard the sound and I walked out into the hallway and there's this high little wavering voice singing this. My little three-year-old wants to melt a mother's heart. <laughs> oh, Gosh, the secret of happiness is to count your blessings when others are counting up their troubles. Count your blessings. This is your challenge, folks, and I'm finishing with this. I'm going to put my notes away. I'll just tell you this. We watched a movie um, made, filmed in Whangarei. Gosh, I better remember the name of it. What's it called? Because you're going to ask me what it is, and you can go and look at it. Uh, 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 crazy Happy. Crazy happy. It's about a group of people with mental health problems, and they embark on a um, uh, a program to try and help them. 
uh, each given a camera and for 100 days they have to take a photo, one photo, of something beautiful, something that makes them happy, something that they're thankful for. And then once a week they get together and share one of their photos. So 100 days, it transformed their lives. It was powerful. It was the Bible being worked out in a practical way by people that didn't even know it. But we know it, folks. We know this truth. So wake up your gratitude. This is your, your challenge. A hundred days, those of you that would take it, a hundred days to either write down or take a photo of something to be grateful for to God. All right? Even if 10% of you do it, I'll be happy. I'm going to do it. I have done it before, and it was powerful. Get into the habit of looking for the blessings. Don't just focus on the negative. Yes, Lord, we give you thanks. Hallelujah. In the good times, in the hard times, you're with us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. You spread a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. And we just give you thanks this morning for all that you've done. Amen.